Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. You're listening to Bloomberg Law. I'm June Grosso. Privacy versus national security. How close are we coming to the surveillance state that we've seen in movies and TV for years? We know that the NSA, the FBI, Homeland Security, and local police are collecting data on us, but to what extent? The debate has been going on unresolved for years. Here's Senator Bernie Sanders speaking from the floor of the Senate in May of 2015. Pretty much anything and everything that we do these days can be tracked and recorded. Now, I hear many of my colleagues coming to the floor of the Senate, and they talk about America being a free country. Well, if somebody knows everything you are doing, maybe it is time to recognize that we are not quite so free as we think we are. Monitoring of the public by police is in the spotlight again because the Boston Police Department is about to spend up to $1.4 million for new software that will scan social media and the Internet for criminal activity and potential threats. Civil liberties groups are concerned about the risk to free speech and privacy. My guests are former federal prosecutor George Newhouse, a partner at Denton's, and Cade Crockford, director of the Technology for Liberty program at the ACLU of Massachusetts. Kate, will you describe briefly what this software does? Well, we're not exactly sure because the Boston Police Department hasn't selected a vendor yet, um, and they might not actually select one because there's been um, somewhat of an, a public uprising against this plan uh, here in Boston. There was a city council meeting yesterday I can talk about, if you like, um, where this was discussed. But they lay out what they're looking for in an 88-page request for, for, for proposals, which was um, published in October of this year. And it's pretty alarming what they're looking for. Um, police departments across the country uh, use social media monitoring tools, but BPD seems to want something quite more, substantially more advanced than what most departments have. And we know that because of the price tag attached to this proposal. They are planning to spend $1.4 million on this software, which is really um, unusual. It's an unusually large figure. The Los Angeles Police Department, for example, um, spent $70,000 over a period of three years on technology like this. So what is the BPD looking for? Well, in the RFP, they describe uh, capabilities that they want, such as the um, ability to manage multiple covert identities online. So one of the things that um, officials at the hearing yesterday here in town said about this program is that, don't worry, nobody's going to be looking at your private information, reading your direct messages or your private Facebook messages. Well, that's not strictly true if the BPD manages these covert online profiles um, and caters one just to you and manages to get you to accept a friend request. Well, all of a sudden now they are behind the wall of your private Facebook page. Um, They also want to be able to develop comprehensive dossiers on individuals that cross social media platforms. So so let's uh, let George get uh, get uh, information in here. George, 
you're a former prosecutor. Do you agree with the police that they need this technology to fight terrorism? Or are you concerned that they are not going to follow, you know, the straight and narrow guidelines they set out? Well, the answer, June, is that security comes with a cost. There is a delicate balancing that needs to be to, to be done here. I don't necessarily agree with the ACLU. I don't share a suspicion that the police, and you can bet the federal agencies are doing this right now. Uh, and what they're what they're purporting to do is there is a tremendous volume of information that's out on the on the net. Um, it, drinking of the proverbial drinking from a fire hose. So this software will enable law enforcement to selectively monitor what would be considered high-risk type messages where uh, there may be threats or some indications of terrorist activity. I think it's important to point out that we're not talking about going into private emails. Uh, we're talking about information uh, that really has, does have some public dissemination. Um, so I think it's, you know, again, the, the balancing has to be done by both the police and the federal agencies with, with privacy in mind. But um, certainly I think some measure of this um, and these tools are very important for enhancing security. Kate, the police says, say this is out there already. We're not going into anyone's email. We're just going through public sources like Twitter. Right. Well, like I said, they also intend to develop covert online identities to get behind people's uh, privacy settings so that they actually can read things that people don't want the police reading. But even aside from that issue, um, we're really talking about what we want the future of our society to look like. Do we want to live in a free society or do we want to live in a digital police state? And, you know, the, the claim that programs like this will advance public safety is, is accepted as fact. I mean, you set up this segment saying this is a contest between privacy and security, but that's not actually true. There's no evidence to suggest that programs like this advance public safety. In fact, we know through um, the example of the NSA's dragnet surveillance programs targeting domestic phone calls that those kinds of dragnet surveillance programs, in fact, do not benefit public safety. Um, there was not a single example of that program stopping a terrorist attack, for example, that the NSA could um, provide to Congress when asked. So, and this is not the ACLU saying this. Two blue ribbon presidential commissions found that dragnet surveillance does not advance public safety. So the notion that, you know, expanding this dragnet surveillance to state and local police departments is going to uh, advance security is, is just not at all proven, and we shouldn't accept it as fact, um, as a framework for having this conversation. So, George, what's your response to that? Has there been any proof that this is working at all? Well, I mean, it's true. There isn't, there aren't concrete examples. Even the FBI does from time to time uh, intercept uh, plots that they bring down. But that's actually part of the point here is that by catching these things, nipping it in the bud before there is a horrific shooting or a bombing that, that injures um, hundreds of people. Um, it, what the FBI and the law enforcement want to do is be alerted to people who are out there, who are uh, making threats, who are uh, raising a profile that's of concern. And then, yes, sometimes they will actually intercede, set up undercover operations, and, uh, and get these people to, uh, to tip their hand before they have actually done harm. Uh, but it's very difficult, I think, and indeed may be near impossible to expect the law enforcement agencies to show some kind of a track record. Um, you know, here are all the cases that we've, we've stopped in their tracks. But I think it does happen from time to time. 
Um, and of course, uh, when it doesn't go to court, uh, we don't necessarily even learn, hear about it. George, why aren't any of these cases really going to court? Well, it's, here's part of the problem. It's very delicate. When intelligence sources are used or sensitive monitoring techniques that the authorities do not want their, the public necessarily to know about, this, but the Boston PD uh, had to come forward and, uh, and they were asking for basically a budget allocation. Uh, but there are very sensitive surveillance and law enforcement techniques um, that sometimes they won't bring the case because they don't want to disclose um, uh, investigative uh, techniques that are um, that are not getting publicity for fear that by tipping off your adversaries, remember the bad guys, both uh, terrorists and uh, and sophisticated cyber criminals, are usually one step ahead of authorities. They're constantly changing and adapting uh, to uh, technological advances by the police. So there's there's some sensitivity I'm aware of on the law enforcement side about you know, not disclosing some of their successes uh, for fear that uh, it will be counterproductive over the long term. Cade, we only have about 30 seconds here. Does the ACLU intend to take this to court? This is not a legal issue at the matter at, at the moment. This is a, really an issue about public policy and what the people of Boston think is appropriate for our police department. And I just want to say that I find what you just said extremely problematic. Police departments are not the NSA. They are not the CIA. These are public institutions that are responsible to the public, and they have to abide by our rules and laws, um, primary of which is the Constitution. So, no, there should not be secret surveillance programs that police are keeping out of courtrooms, um, keeping secret evidence of how they spied on people from defendants. That, is, that runs contrary to everything that our criminal justice system is supposed to stand for. Thank you both. That's Cade Crockford, Director of Technology for Liberty Program at the ACLU of Massachusetts, and George Newhouse, partner at Denton's and former federal prosecutor. Coming up on Bloomberg Law, a jury fails to reach a verdict in the trial of Michael Slager, the police officer whose videotaped killing of an unarmed black man shocked the country. This is Bloomberg. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.